Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. This is the 18th of our Strategic Insights series of short podcasts. Again, Caroline is keen to share the things that have been instrumental in shaping her career, which may be of value to others. And today is all about putting concepts into action. A favourite topic, I know. Thanks, Darren. I feel really passionate about putting our values into action because, as with a lot of thoughts, theories and analyses, if they remain just that and don't translate into definite actions, then they don't have any great value, meaning, nor impact. But in the case of holding to your values, there are a number of things we can do as follows. First of all, remind yourself of your values every day. Secondly, record each night which values you have lived that day. And third, test every big decision against your core values. It's a wise idea to keep a journal, but we can also use technology to help us. Why not set a daily reminder of all your core values? Or create your own values wallpaper for your device? Reflecting on what values we have lived each day can also be a real boost for our self-belief, rather than seeing it as a test we need to pass. And of course, big decisions need to be grounded in our core values. I previously referred to a big decision I made in an earlier life, when personal integrity meant more to me than a job. When I reflect even further back to a time when I was working as a professional musician, I realised that I loved a variety in life, and that a career which involved teaching music in the morning, rehearsing in the afternoon, and performing in the evening didn't fit with that need for variety, nor indeed with my focus on family. That's not to say all musicians don't focus on family, but rather that other musicians' values in all likelihood were ones which accorded better with the lifestyle and career of a musician. I talked in the last podcast about identifying your core values, so hopefully you've had a chance to reflect on that. The next stage is to think about how often you're exhibiting or living those values. For many of us, once we've done the analysis, we realise we're not as connected to our values as we'd like. There are some values, of course, such as integrity, which are just there, i.e. everything you do hopefully meets the standard you've set yourself in terms of integrity. And such values are often in the background, but sometimes need to be called upon big time, such as in my example, which meant walking away from my job. I can think of other less dramatic but equally important examples in my work life where integrity played a very large role, such as the time when helping set up a greenfield site overseas. There was something just wrong with the numbers, but I kept getting pushback from the operations manager every time I raised the issue. I wasn't pursuing the matter with the intent of being right, but rather wanting the right thing for the organisation. So I persevered, got myself informed about machine calibration, and did all that I could to keep an open mind as the end outcome, whilst remaining determined to find a satisfactory explanation, despite my efforts becoming increasingly exhausting. In the end, the ops director walked out one day and never came back. Around the same time I reported to the MD that large quantities of the chocolate we'd been producing on the new lines had indeed been walking out the back door, so to speak. Living your values means you don't give up. Kindness strikes me as another all-pervasive value that can be applied anywhere, as does respect. Other values may be more directly applicable to the specific roles we have, such as growth, collaboration, teamwork and adaptability, to name a few. If we consider these sorts of values, and both our work and home life, we can develop a plan to start using them more, making little tweaks in what we do, and gradually ensuring we're living our values more than before. As I often advise, creating a plan is always a good idea, a kind of checklist we can measure ourselves against. 
And to just pause on the subject of checklists. I was recently reading that when developing fighter planes many decades back, the new and complex planes being built ran into problems in their test flights. When looked into it, it became clear that suddenly, from flying a relatively simple machine similar to a car, the number of things the, in this case very experienced, pilot had to consider at the outset were hugely increased in number. This is where checklists came into their own, to help humans manage a very complex process. We can probably all think of the advantages of writing a shopping list when we're not feeling stressed or rushed. Anyway, similarly with actioning values in our daily lives, having a plan and a checklist can be of great help. Open-mindedness and inclusion are values which I've been able to explicitly and deliberately connect with my work. I try to live them in daily life, but I've also been able to integrate them into my work wherever I go. So here at the ACT, I developed a diversity and inclusion calendar and have sought out opportunities to help others, including many women around the world, to realise their ambitions. This allows me to live my values, but also to do the right thing for our members and other stakeholders. The two work well together. And that's the key thing. When there's the right fit, you're in a role where you feel good because you're living your values, and the organisation is also benefiting above and beyond just having a motivated member of staff. Before I conclude today's thoughts on values interaction, let's go back to the point I made near the beginning about testing every big decision against your values. I think there will have been many during the financial crisis and, more importantly, the run-up to it, who tested their decisions against their values, and by doing so were able to see things more clearly. One of my big decisions in life was to move into the not-for-profit sector, and the test was easy in a sense. I wanted to bring my professionalism to bear in an environment where I could see more directly that I was doing good in the world. My first experience had many great moments but it also came to an end due to what I saw as a conflict with my value of integrity. I then questioned whether the not-for-profit world really was for me and considered going back into the commercial world. However, in looking for my next role, my values kept nudging me back to engage with the charitable sector again and I just didn't feel right in myself to abandon it so quickly. As a result, I secured what I considered my best job to date, the first CFO of Save the Children International. I loved the role, and it meant a lot to me personally to be striving to help children all around the world when my adopted son was living evidence each day of how a child from whatever background could be just as good as any other child. I gave the role my all for four years until the organisation was transformed and stable, though it felt like much longer. It was an intense time. And it allowed me to live my values each and every day. My next two roles reflected other values dear to me. For the British Council... It was about cultural relations and peace in the world. And the ACT is all about professionalism and integrity. So my advice? When making a big decision, follow your gut, as that seems to be where your values reside. Well, I've certainly done that in my portfolio career, so good advice as ever. Next time, I believe, Caroline, you're going to shift the topic slightly and reflect on how we learn to act as leaders and from external stimuli. So do come back again for what promises to be an illuminating session. Until then, from both of us here, goodbye and thanks for listening. <laughs>